You're listening to Tremendous Leadership with Dr. Tracy Jones. Hi, everyone. Welcome to the Tremendous Leadership, Leaders on Leadership podcast, where we pull back the curtain on leadership and we talk with leaders of all ages and stages about what it takes to pay the price of leadership. And today I'm so excited because I have a very special guest, the one, the only, the tremendous John Gordon. John, welcome. Good to be with you, Dr. Tracy. How you doing? I'm tremendous now that I'm talking to you. So you're probably like, John Gordon, John Gordon, don't I know that name? Yes, you do. Are you ready? John is a husband. He's a father. He's also an author. His best-selling books and talks have inspired millions of readers and audiences around the world. He's the author of the timeless classic that we've all read, The Energy Bus, The Carpenter, Training Camp, The Power of Positive Leadership, the power of a positive team, and his latest, The One Truth. When he's not running through airports or speaking to businesses, hospitals, or schools, you can find him playing pickleball and taking long walks, which are where he gets most of his tremendous ideas. John believes in keeping his bio short because his past accomplishments are meaningless. You remind me of my dad there, John. (laughs) What matters most is that he says something today that will inspire you to take action tomorrow. And John, just thank you again for carving out of your busy schedule to share with our listeners. I love that you're doing this and it's called Tremendous Leadership because obviously your dad's brand, what he was all about. My daughter is 25 and my daughter is now speaking as well. And she speaks (laughs) with me. She does leadership talks. She does talks about teamwork mindset based on my teachings and she and I are doing this and you and your dad have that bond too. I just love that. I love that. Well, how I connected with John, John shared the stage with my father and about a couple months ago, we're both with Lead Like Jesus on their board with Ken Blanchard and Phil Hodges and Phyllis Henry. And we were doing a 25 year anniversary and John was on there. And John, you made a crack about my father or you were talking about coming up with new speech material. And you said, He said, I don't need new material. I need new audiences or something like that. And I still laugh. As a speaker, too, I laugh about that. So, yeah. You want to share anything about my dad before we get started? Sure. I learned about him a lot from Ken Blanchard talking about him. So Ken would tell me stories because Ken is my mentor. I know your dad mentored Ken in many ways. And so it's cool how the torch gets passed. And so Ken would say that your dad said, I don't need new material. I just need a new audience. And it's about knowing what you're here to share and your core message. And so often we think we have to change it up all the time when really you have this core message and you share it over and over and over again. And I told your dad's advice to Damon West, who I wrote the coffee bean with. And Damon is known as the coffee bean guy now, which is about not being an egg, not being a carrot where the carrot gets weakened in hot water. The egg gets hardened in hot water. They are both affected by the culture, by the environment, by the negativity But the coffee bean transforms the water. It transforms the environment. It actually is not impacted by the environment, but it defines its circumstance and its environment. And the power is within that coffee bean. And we have that power as well. So I told Damon, as he's going out there sharing the coffee bean, because we wrote this book together, I would always give him your dad's advice. So it's so cool how a life touches a life that touches a life. And I believe your dad also made the joke. I'm pretty sure it was him that, did he grow up with a big family? And a lot of kids? Yeah, six of us. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah. yeah. And then he grew up with a bunch of kids, right? Yeah. And he would say he didn't sleep alone until he got married, which I think is hilarious. So, so funny, right? Just humor, but incredible leadership. And just the name, because people would ask him, how you doing? How you doing? I'm doing tremendous. I'm doing tremendous. Like, so I talk about positivity. 
how can you not be positive when you are feeling tremendous? So your dad paved the way for guys like Ken and people like me to do what we do. So it's just so special to be with you. And then again, my daughter is now carrying on the tradition as you carry on the tradition of your dad. So cool. I can't imagine. That's so exciting. And we're here to talk about one of Charles's. One of the things he talked a lot about, and you hit on it, John, he was so great about leadership, but also really funny. He had this beautiful duality about the bitter sweetness of life, but he talked about the price of leadership. It was one of the top speeches that he gave. And of course, it's one of our little life-changing classics. And he says that if you're going to be doing leadership, because it's not for everybody, if it was, the world would be a different place. And he talks about the four tenets of leadership that you're going to have to be paying. And the first of those is loneliness. And, you know, John, we're all about positivity and energy and atmosphere. But there are times in leadership where you are going to face loneliness. So can you tell us a little bit about maybe a time in your career where you dealt with that or what you would advise our listeners if they are in a season of loneliness? Yeah, personally, I dealt with loneliness in terms of for years, I was out there speaking and writing and just traveling and going through the grind. And it was me and coming home and then being with my family. And I didn't really have friends. I did not have friends for a long time because I couldn't make time for the friendships because I was so busy on the road speaking, doing this work. So in many ways, it felt lonely. And then COVID hit and I realized how much I miss people. And I realized how important relationships were. So for COVID, many, it was the great separator. For me, it was the great uniter because I spent a lot of time with friends during that time and realized how valuable friendships were and enhanced that connection with those and those friends and others. And then when I think about leaders, I invest a lot in leaders and I work with a lot of leaders. And my goal is so they don't feel lonely because I know it can be very lonely at the top. You've got to build a team around you that you can pour into and that who pours into you. But you also need a group of colleagues. And now we see masterminds developing. We see confidants, inner circles, whatever it may be. You want to build your board or build your circle of people that understand what you're going through, who can Mm -hmm. speak into your life. YPO is big with that now in terms of creating forms where different leaders will talk about their personal lives, their struggles, their challenges, so that we address loneliness. Because a leader who is isolated and who is lonely and feels separate and divided winds up doing things that are not good for them or their teams and organizations. We want leaders to move towards wholeness, towards connection, towards unity, where they then feel more power and more peace. And they have these incredible relationships that make life and leadership so much more rewarding. So I often say, you may be alone at times, but you don't have to be lonely. Right. Well, you hit on it too. That is a choice. And you going through the grind, we've all been there or grown our businesses and it's tough to pass up. You're hustling. I know how hard my father hustled until his last breath, but then you made the choice because that is a choice and you've got to be intentional about putting those networks out. And I know you pour into people. Do you have a group like a mastermind group that you're part of too, that pours into you? Not like an official mastermind, but I have a group of friends now that I connect with. Ed Milet, who's a big name in the motivational speaking world now. Ed Milet is a great friend. Erwin McManus, who's a pastor out of LA and also do a lot of speaking. I'll hang out with Erwin and a lot of different speakers are also my friends. So we also are connecting and talking about John Acuff and Donald Miller and Rory Vading and this group will get together once a year. There's an author for authors meeting. We'll get together and all share different ideas and practices. So that's one thing I do. And also just like I work with a lot of sports teams. So I'm good friends with Sean McVay and 
Eric Spolster with the Miami Heat, the head coach there, and Dave Roberts, the Los Angeles Dodgers manager, and P.J. Fleck, the coach of Minnesota football. So I connect with a lot of leaders that way, and we connect and we share and we talk about life, we talk about growth, we talk about challenges. So I have now poured into and become friends with a lot of these leaders, and I have found the more that they have people around them, including me, it's really beneficial to them. I love that. And for our listeners out there, some of you may think, well, I'm not in a formal group and that's okay. I've been in a season where I was in formal groups. Now I'm like you. I have my inner circle, my Peter, James, and John, my top tier of the people you meet. That's what my dad would talk about. So for the listeners out there, it can be something more formal or it can, when you get to the point where you're kind of established, you start to kind of coalesce together. So thank you for that advisement, John. One other just piece of advice, like one great thing to do is like get on a text thread with a group of friends, maybe it's like four or five people. For us, it's like four or five guys. And we do a devotional every day. We send out a devotional and we all comment. We all comment our thoughts on the devotional. And it's just a way to stay connected and also grow together. I love it. That's awesome. Because I know a lot of people do daily devotionals together. Very powerful. Okay. So loneliness. The next thing my dad talked about is weariness. And as you're going through the grind, we're still more humans. And my father would always tell me, Tracy, you're going to find a few people that do more than what's required, but a lot that do less. So you as an entrepreneur are wearing so many hats. You see the vision. How do you stay at top form? I know you talked about going out walking and playing pickleball, but how do you stay at your most tremendous form? That's more important now than ever. I really believe we're understanding the importance of physical fitness for our mental health and how important exercise is. We live in a world where a lot of people will sit on the couch, watch TV. They're not active anymore. They don't walk. We've got to make sure that we are physically fit. So for me as a former athlete, there was a time in my life when I stopped working out and I stopped exercising and people noticed. My friend Eric Spolster, the Miami Heat coach said, John, you used to look like a writer, you now look like an athlete again. What happened was I had gotten fat, gotten heavy, and really started to exercise again. Now, I literally work out with weights several times a week, like with weights and I build muscle. And then from there, I'm also walking every single day up to an hour. I walk, I practice gratitude. The research shows you can't be stressed and thankful at the same time. So while I'm walking and practicing gratitude, it's a double boost of positive energy for your life. It makes you feel tremendous when you do these gratitude walks. And those walks also have turned into walks of prayer, which have been great as well. So I do these gratitude walks. And then I also am eating right, eating healthy. The old days of people on the road eating a lot of junk food, too many speakers have eaten that way. I really focus on eating healthy even when I'm on the road. So I've got the diet right. I've got the exercise. I've got the weights, again, which is essential. Men especially, but women as well. Like the more muscle you have and like strong muscle from lifting, and it doesn't need to be big muscle, just strong muscle, that will enhance your longevity Mm -hmm. and your health for a longer period of time. I feel better now at 53 than when I was literally in my 30s. And people say I look like I'm in my early 40s. And I think it's because of my physical fitness and my overall health of how I take care of myself. And then of course there's sleep. You got to make sure you are sleeping. And I don't drink a lot. Like once in a while, I'm not against drinking, but I don't drink a lot because I know it produces inflammation. There's a lot of sugar there and it does actually affect your body and your motivation ongoing. So I try to have really good habits that when I'm on the road, 
you got to train like an athlete. You're on the road or you're an executive or you're in business and you're running a company. These days, you have to have endurance. You have to have strength. You have to be able to get through the grind of a day. And the more physically fit you are, the more mentally fit you will be. I love that you said physical fitness tied to your mental health. And there's so much, like you said, focus on mental health. Well, let's stop by and look at the body because we're all one entity together. And I love the weights too. Like for women, bone density. If you want osteopenia at 55, don't pick up anything. You need to stress. That's why I got two Australian Shepherd puppies 10 months ago. (laughs) I'm going to have really hard bones. (laughs) I love that. Uh, I love it. Okay. Well, thank you, John. Okay. So loneliness, weariness, then he talked about abandonment and not abandonment in the sense of fear of abandonment or abandoning an animal. But what Charles talked about was abandoning what you like and want to do in favor of what you ought and need to do. So he was very hyper-focused. Again, like you said about him saying that, the coffee bean, what is that one thing? So I'm sure you get so many people, oh, you should write a book on this, John, or do this or this or this. How do you stay focused on the best and highest use of your time, what God has uniquely called you to do? Because I'm sure anything you touch, you could do well. That's true. In many cases, I've also done things wrong. Like I actually started a positive cookie. And I created this positive cookie with a team of people and invested in this business and thought it was going to be really successful. Every cookie came with a quote inside, a positive quote. So it was an encouraging kind of cookie. But then I realized it cost too much to make the cookie for what we could sell it for in grocery stores. And I quickly had to walk away. I lost a lot of money. I could have stayed with it and eventually made it successful. But I heard the words loud and clear. It came to me. I did not put you on earth to sell cookies. Oh, I love that. And when that happened, I said, okay, I'm going to walk away. Even though it was $150,000, I'm going to walk away. And I did. But you know what's cool? I said, why am I here? Besides writing and speaking, why am I here? And it was clear that I had the energy and capacity to do more than just write and speak. Because if I could make a cookie and create a cookie company, I could do something else. That's when we launched positive leadership training positive teamwork training, energy bus certified. And now we have John Gordon certified that we've created this whole training company around. We're actually developing positive leaders, their mindset, their leadership, their teamwork, so they can create a great culture and great teams and great organizations. And that's what we're all about. So that came about because of the failed cookie. I talk about how it was a positive cookie. Then it became a negative cookie when it failed and I lost all that money. But then it became a positive cookie again when I realized I would have never started the training company, but wasn't for the positive cookie. That's a great example that every challenge is an opportunity. Every failure is a lesson along the way. And it helped me realize, stay focused on your core. What are you meant to do? Why are you here? There's a million things you can do, but what are you here to do? And that comes with prayer. That comes with walking with your creator and saying, God, what is my purpose? What is your plan for me? I'm open. And I'll often say, God, make it idiot proof because I'm an idiot. So make it so clear to me, so clear that this is for me or not for me. Right. And again, you'll try things out along the way. You might mess up here. Or you might fail there. You might say, oh, that's not for me. And sometimes you have to do trial and error. But for the most part, you don't want too many big mistakes where you go down the wrong path or you spend your whole life climbing the wrong ladder. So for me, I'm very clear. It's writing. It's speaking. It's training, it's developing leaders. And along the way, it's around the idea that positivity is the competitive advantage. And if I stay focused on that for the rest of my life, 
I'm going to be pretty solid. Yeah, you're going to have your plate's going to roll. And I just thank you for your transparency, because I think a lot of times as entrepreneurs and as people that have a lot of energy and drive and vision and ambition, we see things and we're like, we could make it work and you could have made it work. But I love that you said one of my favorite book titles is Sacred Cows Make the Best Burgers. And you got to know when to hold them. You got to know when to fold them. And I love that you really just heard the voice that said, sure, you could do it, but there's better uses of your time. And I love that you said that that let you know you still have the energy and the drive for some other creative element in your life. And you got with God about it. So I just thank you. That story will really stick with me for a long time because Lord, we've all been there. I'm sure a lot of people on the podcast are like him too. I know that really encouraged them. I love it. Okay. So loneliness, weariness, abandonment, and then the word vision. We know from the Bible how important vision is without vision. And a lot of people call it different things, but a lot of times I know growing up under visionaries like Ken Blanchard and Og Mandino and Zig Ziglar, I'm like, well, they have different kind of blood flowing through their veins kind of thing. And my dad was very pragmatic. He's like, vision is really just seeing what needs to be done and then doing it. So this kind of poetry, but also the plumbing aspect of it. Can you tell us how you set forward your vision? If there's a look ahead, I know you talk about prayer, but how do you vision for the future? We actually teach this and train on this. We call it telescope and microscope. Hmm. Telescope is the big picture vision of where you're going and why you're going there. And so it's your vision and your mission. And we don't get burned out because of what we do. We get burned out because we forget why we do it. And so you know your why, you know the way, And then as a result of that, you're not going to let obstacles get in the way. So the big picture vision is essential. Now, a lot of times people have this big picture vision, but they don't take action. So as your dad would say, your dad would say, you got to do it. So that's the microscope. The microscope is the zoom focus actions that you will take to realize the picture in our telescope. So we do in our training, we have them write down what's in your telescope, what has to happen for your microscope to realize the picture in your telescope. And it really creates a practical vision that you can implement. Because what I have found is there's so many teachings out there where people say, what's your vision? Where do you want to go? And they leave it alone at that. Like that's it. They're done with that. It's like, no, no, there's more to it. And then to really bring it to life, we actually teach to have one word for the year. Pick a word for the year that will give you meaning and mission, passion and purpose. So your one word embodies the why behind the bigger picture vision, but allows you to remember it and take action each day. Because so often we lose sight of our goals We may even lose sight of our vision, but one word is something you remember every day and allows you to focus on it. It actually sticks. And so like my word this year is first, because Ricky Bobby says, if you're not first, you're last. That's what he says. That's why my word is first. No, I'm just kidding. It's not just why it is, but I thought it was funny to think about it that way, but it's first because I want to experience God's love first. Yes. And God's first love is why we love. And there's scripture that says, because of his love, that flows through us and it gives us gratitude and joy. And I was thinking, I want more gratitude and joy in my life this year because I've been so busy and striving and driving and the training company has taken a lot out of me because I'm leading it in many ways until I can hire a CEO. I'm literally running it and I'm also speaking and writing. And so what I'm realizing is, no, I've got to connect to God first and seek the kingdom first. And in that first love, I will have more gratitude and joy. And that's driving me this year. It's why I think about every single day. And it allows me to have this focus on the picture of what I'm trying to achieve in the telescope. That is his highest calling for us. He just wants us in communion with him 
on earth. We're going to have it in eternity. And I just love that you talked about how by focusing on that, because remember, our father's already seen it through the end. He already knows who your CEO is. He already knows when they're coming. He already knows what's going to happen. So we can focus on that and all the rest of it files into it. I'm praying for that. That happens of what he knows. And I'm praying for a great man to come into my daughter's life at 25 that will love and honor and adore him. So if he already knows, then God, make it happen, please. (laughs) He does. Yes, that's beautiful. And I finally found my great man at 56. So you know what? I know. And it was worth the wait. Okay. That's all I got to say. So I love that. That's inspiring. I love that. That's perfect. It's timing. Well, we talked about loneliness, weariness, abandonment, and vision. Anything else for our listeners out there that you would like to share with about leadership? And then I want to talk about how they can contact with you with your courses and your books. Sure. Well, I just love that you're doing this. And again, your dad was such a hero to me and so many people. So it's pretty incredible that you're carrying on that legacy. And I think about, again, the fact that he was so positive, but also pragmatic. And people often think positivity and being a positive leader is about Pollyanna positive, but this is not about ignoring reality. It's about maintaining optimism, belief, and faith in order to create a better reality. And as a leader, your positive mindset will help you be a more positive and a better leader to build a stronger team. So it's essential. So I want to give one strategy for people on how they can be more positive because people say, oh, just be positive. But, but how? Best advice I ever heard from Dr. James Gills, the only person on the planet to complete six double Ironman triathlons, which means you do an Ironman a day later, do another one. And the last time he did it, he was 59 years old. And he was asked how he did it. He said this, I've learned to talk to myself instead of listen to myself. He said, if I listen, I hear all the fear, the negativity, the doubt, all the reasons why I can't finish this race. But if I talk to myself, I could feed myself with the words and the encouragement that I need to keep on moving forward. And as a leader, there are going to be days we need to talk to ourselves instead of listening to those negative voices and those negative thoughts. Because those negative thoughts are not coming from you. How do I know? Who would ever choose to have a negative thought? So the negative thoughts are always coming in. They're spiritual and they try to make you feel powerless. They try to weaken you and they try to make you feel anxious and they divide you. And so Tracy, when I think about thoughts, I think about the fact that overthinking is always associated with negative thoughts. We never say I have too many positive thoughts. We never say I'm just too grateful right now. I just have too much encouragement right now. I'm just feeling too confident. We always associate overthinking with negative thoughts because that's what happens. And negative thoughts come in and they create clutter. And the root for the Greek word of anxious means to separate and divide. So when you're anxious, you feel separate and divided. So that's what negative thoughts do. That's what fear does. It separates, it divides you. It makes you feel weak and powerless. And all mental health disorders report feelings of being alone, isolated, and disconnected. What are people dealing with to this day more than ever? Leaders are feeling lonely, as you said, disconnected, separate. People are, kids are. So I wrote The One Truth. My newest book came out about six, seven months ago. And that book is literally helping people to have a high state of mind, to win the battle of their mind. And it's based on biblical principles. And once you understand The One Truth, you will literally be like, a Jedi in this world with a more positive mindset to lead better. So talk to yourself. Don't listen to those negative thoughts. You speak truth to the lies day in and day out, and that will give you more power, more peace, and God's presence to lead in a more positive and effective way. So that's just one tip I wanted to share. 
Oh, thank you, John. And I know our listeners out there, I know me, that talking to yourself, that's absolutely beautiful. And John, I know your books are all on Amazon and they can pick them up. Is there a great place where people can connect with you? We'll have your website up there. Is that how they can sign up for some of these courses and the leadership training that you have? Sure. They can go to johngordon.com, J-O-N, gordon.com, or J-O-N, Gordon Certified. We now have a certification program that allows people to train and teach on all of my concepts and principles and practices and framework. So that's a lot of fun. That was something I was expecting to do, but I know that's what I'm supposed to do after the whole cookie thing. And that's our next wave. How can we impact leaders and trainers who are going out there to go share this message of positivity, of mindset, of leadership, of teamwork. And we give them all the tools to go do that and make an impact in their organizations or in other people's organizations. So johngordoncertified.com or Twitter, Instagram and social media. I'm there at J-O-N Gordon 11. And again, I write a weekly positive tip every week. I've been writing it since 2002. So people could always sign up for that. I have a ton of free resources to help people as well. I love it. We will have all those links down there. And John, I just cannot thank you enough for the time, for the energy. Probably won't sleep for about two days because your energy is so amazing. It's so tremendous. And I just thank you for for getting to serve alongside you with Ken and Lead Like Jesus and what you meant to my father, what you meant to me. I'd love to stay connected. And I just know our listeners are going to be so blessed and inspired and informed by the information that you shared. I look forward to it, Tracy. Thank you so much. And Ken Blanchard, by the way, just real quick on that, I got to just say, he changed my life. He wrote the forward. He wrote the forward to the energy bus. And if he doesn't write the forward, I don't think that book takes off like it does. So- Your dad impacted him, he impacted me, and now you and I are impacting the next generation. So let's go do it. It's an honor. And well, listen, to our tremendous listeners out there, thank you so much. We couldn't do it without you. Thank you for paying the price of leadership. And remember, you're going to be the same person five years from now that you are today, except for two things, the people you meet and the books you read. So John got some tremendous books for you and you got to hear his wisdom. So listen, everybody out there, if you like what you heard, hit the like subscribe button. If you do us the honor of a review, we would be tremendously blessed. Keep on paying the price of leadership. Have a tremendous rest of the day. Bye-bye. Thank you for listening to Tremendous Leadership with Dr. Tracy Jones. Find out more about Dr. Jones at www.tremendousleadership.com. If you've been ignited by something you heard in this episode, let us know by leaving a review for Tremendous Leadership wherever you listen to podcasts or by sending us a message through www.tremendousleadership.com. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com. <laughs>